Good to be together, everybody. And I know we're kind of getting into the throes of summer here, so it's, it's just really thankful that uh, you're here with us this morning for our time. And last week was great. For those of you that participated in communities, we had a, a great, great time uh, together joining in. And I know some were traveling, so just hope, hope you're well. And so good to be together. Um, this morning, today, is going to be like a little like announcement, pastoral reflection kind of style. And we'll end by, by coming to the tables. It'll be a little different than like a classic uh, preach and teach. Um, there, there are a couple things we want to bring up to speed with and just exciting things in our, the life of our community. And I know there's people away and, and summertime, but um, I mean, I'm just kind of thankful this will be like the last time kind of talking about myself. But uh, a couple of years ago, I guess a year and a half ago now, maybe not that long, a year ago in May, kind of had shared with the church community that um, there's some changes in our own life. We relaunched as Praxis Church uh, February 3rd, um, 2019. Uh, prior to that, we were a, a multi-site church out of a, a church on the east side, uh, east side that I was on staff at, my dad pastored at, and we started this thing called City View in 2011, and then in 2019 kind of rebranded as Praxis Church. It's been a beautiful little journey. You know, we had a year under our belt and then this thing called the global pandemic came and you know that that has altered everything we do, including gatherings around churches. And it's not just churches, it's everybody. Um, there's so much that's happened ideologically, as you know, in the last couple of years, um, right down to things in our families. Sometimes a lack of trust has evolved in institutions over the last couple of years, just all that has gone on. There's been a lot that has happened. Um, but beautiful first year of, of community. I remember March 8th, uh, 2020, walking out of this room, locking up. It was a beautiful morning. Lots of students in our youth program and kids and just so much flourishing, so, so many things, beautiful things happening. And then obviously when we turned the key on that door, didn't know it would be almost really two years until we'd be back in this place, a year and a half or whatever. Um, with all that said, uh, and back in May, a year ago May, I let everybody know that there was this kind of evolution and wrestling within myself around my own vocation. That um, many of you know, I went on to do some work in seminary. I hate talking about myself. This will be the last time, but just want to set the context, okay? Um, and was thinking and kind of thinking about progressing towards a PhD in theology, maybe teaching. I teach a little bit at the Bible college that our church is affiliated with and thought that that would be the direction, but really got around some wonderful people in the field of mental health and counseling and psychotherapy and began to rub shoulders with people and decided, you know what, I kind of like this and kind of dabbled, you know, a little in the beginning with a master's in counseling, seeing where that would go. And so many doors have opened, and it's just been just a wonderful thing. And about a year and a bit ago in May, we let everybody know that probably the, the, the push forward for us would be me maybe stepping back a little bit, like in my full-time role, and working uh, more co-vocationally, working towards um, kind of helping in the community. And we were very open to how that would look. Uh, if you know Heather and I, we, I, I really feel like this. We have our hands pretty open, just discerning. You know that I've been using the open doors kind of vision. I don't think there's clouds in the sky that paints out this is who needs to lead, you know, in certain moments. And we even went through a little bit of a discerning process as to, like, should another pastor come on? We reached out to some people in the process, and some of those doors weren't open. They were shut. And so we just kind of kept plugging along. Heather and I have really felt like we're not going anywhere. 
um, very open to what the Spirit is doing. And so we've been on this kind of discerning process the last year and a bit, kind of discerning what we would do, obviously the, the fluctuating changes in a church community. And this was all, I, I say, self-inflicted, because <laughs> this was me. What happens is sometimes church plants get funding and they get going for a few years and then they don't have enough money to support themselves. And that is not our case. You guys have been amazing. Um, and we've been amazing <laughs> because we've really not done this thing like try to do the lights and smoke show and like drown ourselves and bills and debt and heavy ministry stuff. We've been re actually really simple and so we've always fit into our budget. I've had to like kind of just qualify and let people know this is not like, oh my goodness, things are not going well. It's really been a, a, a journey in and of ourselves and some of the things that have been going on. And so I always want to kind of preface and let people know that because this is, tends to what happens is sometimes like the, the money goes and then everything changes and that's not it at all. Kind of looking on the horizon, thinking about like a, a beautiful way in which we could kind of work together and uh, some things have really opened up in this new vocation. Going through school, working in private practice, I'm not going to talk a lot about that. This will kind of be, you know, in conversation sometimes we talk about it. I don't want it to be like a driving thing. But some people have asked, it's going wonderful, and there's been some really great opportunities both in town and some things at a bigger level down the road as far as working with some other people to help uh, even things like uh, clergy and let, you know, people in churches, leaders, um, offering really good counseling services to people that need it as they lead communities and churches. So lots of beautiful things. Anyways, we kind of brought you up to speed uh, in March this year that some of those doors had closed maybe on the pastoral side. But we put it out to you guys that we'd open up a couple job postings. Just one would be for somebody to help with administration as I pulled my role back in the fall was the, the, the goal. And another was kind of around the music side and, and helping in that area and maybe somebody leading. And so we've been on a discern, discernment kind of process, taking some, uh, some resumes and um, really delighted to let you know that we have made one hire that is gonna be really beautiful and I think uh, amazing for us kind of moving forward. Um, what has happened is we posted an administration um, position and somebody applied within the community for that position who went through an interview process and we felt was really the team, I'm speaking on behalf of the team. I've actually been a little distant, um, Mark Rodriguez especially has done a great job on kind of like, what do you call it? The HRN, sure, he's like, you know, the savvy, you know, business guy. And I'm like, I just get lost in all that stuff. I just want to teach the Bible. I'm like, I, I like you. Um, and really just felt really great through the interview process. Wonderful. But one of the things with this person was we got talking with them about the gifts and abilities, not just to administer, but maybe to help with the uh, service or gathering coordinator piece. As you know, we posted kind of a music and Sunday gathering coordinator piece thinking that that would be together, but we really felt as we were talking with this person that they could help with the administration in the week-to-week goings-on of the church, things like Praxis Weekly, working with all our teams to organize things, Praxis Kids, um, and the day-to-day -day operations of kind of like the administration side, but we also felt like you're plugged in here, you love this community, you have the gifts, would you consider as well maybe taking on the role of service coordinator so that we could have somebody here on site beyond myself to kind of be the point person, open and close, work with the teams, not do everything. Can I get an, 
Can I get an amen, right? So this is not like, hey, we're just going to, and you know what, it's been beautiful. Like in my case, I've never had that expectation. There's been a very healthy expectation here. But this person would kind of be here on site as a point person, specifically as well, really helping to organize Praxis Kids and the day-to-day stuff, as well as our Sunday gatherings. So with that in mind, I'm really just really thrilled to let you guys know that we've hired Sonia Cracknell um, 10 hours a week right now to start. In that ballpark, what we're doing right now is we're actually kind of batting the ball to her in this position. And one of the things is there's some things we don't know as far as timing. So we're working, we think it's probably going to be around 10 to 10 hours a week, but we're also giving the opportunity for her to kind of feel that out early on to see how many hours. And what will happen is that will include, again, her helping with the administration piece, any point of contact for the church. Um, she'll manage, uh, and this may not mean a lot to you, but like sometimes for visitors and stuff like hello at mypraxis.church, Praxis Weekly, any um, new people, she's going to work hopefully with a team within the community. Again, this is not her doing it all on her own, but kind of stepping into that leadership role. And then if you know Sonia really well, like she just loves the kids in this community. And obviously there's been a lot through the regathering process that has been inconsistent, if we're just honest. I don't say that negatively. It's just, you know, it's up and it's down, man, and just trying to sort all that. But Sonia loves the kids' community, so she's going to work a little bit with the kids' leaders, getting the teams. And so any team that is involved here, whether it's hosting, sound and media, Sonia's going to work to kind of organize all of that and kind of give care. She will not be in kids every week. Okay? She will not be in kids every week, all right? We're not hiring somebody just to go and do, like, our dirty work. Um, seriously, um, that, this is what churches do. And you're like, the kids' dirty work? Well, come on, if, you, if you're not signed up yet for kids, then you're, you see it as dirty work. Um, I'm just joking. But uh, we really view um, it as an equipping role. And so I'm just thrilled. I'm actually going to have uh, Sonia come and Kevin. You guys know Morgan and Aubrey as well. I just love, love to pray for them. And can you just welcome them, actually? I know um, they're obviously here. And Come on up, guys. And Mark, why don't you... Uh, girls are not coming? I know. A little... I feel it. It's not, not always fun being in front of people. Mark, do you want to come and pray for these guys, actually? And... Um, did I cover all the bases? Did I do okay? Was that all right? Like in clarity? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I just need that validation to make me feel really good. Um, okay. All right. Um, yeah, really, just really excited for uh, Sonia to join in with us and um, just a uh, wonderful heart for this community. How long have you guys been involved here? A while now. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Since the girls were tiny. Yeah. The wolf performance all day. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're just thrilled. And so why don't you stretch a hand if you can. And Mark, there's a mic there. Why don't you just, uh, just pray, pray over um, Sonia and Kevin. Lord God, I just thank you just for this, um, the opportunity, the doors that you've opened up here for, for Sonia uh, and Kevin be able to just minister here, Lord God, and just um, be added on to staff officially, Lord God. But uh, we just thank you for their hearts, for their, their caring hearts, um, for always wanting the best for yes. others, for always there and available and, and genuinely wanting to uh, serve others. Lord God, we just mm-hmm. pray right now, Father God, that you would just uh, bless them and bless the church with their presence, Lord God. Um, as we move forward, we just pray, Father, that you would just
show the direction you want us to go in here. Yes. Like, I'm just kind of glad that you just uh, equipped Sonia with uh, the, the tools and resources needed to be able to guide us. Like, God, just pray mm. all the same. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Grace and peace. Cool. So um, Sonia is going to start um, her role on August the 1st, and that will give us some time um, over the month of August just to prepare and work together and collaborate together a bit in some of the transition of what's going on. Then on September the 1st, my role will go from full-time to quarter-time, uh, being here on Sundays and uh, working a day a week. Before I get into that, and just my role again, and this will be the last time I talk about myself, um, uh, one of the things we've also been feeling as well is, again, I've talked a little bit about some of the disorientation, the ups and downs of, uh, you know, trying to regather, but we're in a really important season right now too as far as Praxis students and our youth community. May not feel like it this morning, but there are a number of students connected to uh, our church community. I am really thankful for um, the, the grade fives up into high school that have come to Sunday gatherings. Before the pandemic, we had things uh, like lessons or a community during the teaching moment in here. They would come in for music with us, and then they would go out and had some, you know, just great leading there. Um, and obviously trying to regather, that hasn't been the case. And so I'm really thankful for those, especially some of the younger students that have sat, <laughs> sat through and joined in with us on our week-to-week -week teaching. I'm really thankful uh, for, for that. One of the things we've been talking about, though, is just how important that is, how many people could be connected, and just have such a vital time uh, in our church and the life of our community with people in that age. And so what we've also done um, is we... Many of you guys know Heidi is on our team, and she has just taken a ton of initiative uh, in helping with our students. Our students um, meet Tuesday evenings with Village Green Church, a church that we had kind of rented out last summer when you had to be in a church building. And my kids are involved with that and to see just what it brings to their lives and the beauty it brings to their lives, the weekly gathering with other students on Tuesdays. We've decided as well, just in a really small capacity, to, um, to honor Heidi and her work in that 10 hours a month because we just really feel like it's important and important in the life. So we have Sonia kind of helping organize the practice kids side of things and Heidi is going to uh, continue to work with our youth community. She does a lot. And so like that 10 hours a month is just, and she didn't bring this up. This was initiated by the rest of our team just thinking it's, it's important to do that for her. And um, so she's going to do that. And what the hope is, is in the fall, is we will kick back with some youth programs probably every other week out in the foyer there. There's lots of space out there and lots of curriculum and things that we have to try and continue to cultivate that and really kind of relaunch, in a sense, Praxis Kids and Praxis Youth. And I just hope you, uh, I, Heidi's not here and Tim, they're not here, they're on holidays, but just really felt like it's important uh, in a little capacity to, um, to invest in that because of where we're at in the life of our church. And so I'm excited about that, and we'll have more just ways that people can get involved, and as we think about what that community is going to look like down the road, we wanted to let you know that as well. The other thing is Jen Dungo, who does our books, and she's about 12 hours a month. It's kind of a, a sm smaller role as well. Uh, she's continuing on. Maybe some of you heard she actually stepped back from her role at Royal View, and so a couple of people said, hey, are she going to be kind of continuing on with the financial side and helping with the books, and she is in on that praise God 
um, that we don't have to, she does such a great job and it's like in order. So it's just nice that she is still gonna be able to do that at a distance. She's not part of this community on a weekly basis, but is, um, is you know, obviously a huge help for us. And so I'm really thankful for Heidi, or Heidi and Jen as well. And that's kind of how things are shaping up. Um, for myself, um, that means that as I kind of step back a little bit in the, the, the kind of the shifts and changes in this transition, my focus is going to continue to be to lead our community um, and lead, obviously, our team. Um, and I'm going to talk a, a couple minutes because I think it's important. There's almost like a theology behind this, in a sense. That's why I try and preface with people. Like, this was self-directed. I actually really think something beautiful can come out of that. Part of my role is just going to be con to continue to lead kind of the direction of the community. But one of the big things that I feel like comes more naturally to me and will be kind of in my wheelhouse as far as gifting is leading the themes and the teaching of our community. And I don't just mean... Um, I don't just mean like getting up on Sunday and talking. I don't want to be a talking head. I think one of the things that I've been able to like do, um, and it comes again, comes to me very naturally, is just to be thinking about and reflecting on and helping lead where God is leading us uh, through themes, through teaching, which I know when you kind of break it down and you have a conversation like this, you're like, yeah, is it really that important? I actually see it as really important. And where we go and the things the Spirit leads us to within our community. The fact is, we have a pretty big Bible. <laughs> you with me? And the reality is, it, it is, in a sense, like, choose your own adventure. Like, there's not, like, um, there's no pictures in the sky of, like, every church should be doing this and that when it comes to the directing and leading of the community. And so it does take discernment as to where we are. And... I'm looking at what is timely in season for our community. And I love that side of things. Not just the, the teaching piece, but actually, I actually really think it's important, the leading, the shaping, the spiritual discipline of us being led in community. And I am not harping on people to come to church regularly, but this is why it's important to gather regularly, is because we're not just thinking like one-off. Like what we did around hospitality was a lot of work of pieces on, a, like on the board leading us into we want to be disciples of Jesus. We want to be these hospital pe hospitable people and mapping it out in the journey that God has for us. And so, whoo, yeah, all right. Um, so um, one, of the, one of the things that I feel as we continue on is just to kind of continue to work in that role. And I really feel this. I don't mean this... Um, sounds overconfident. I, it's not it at all, but I really do think I can serve this community and continue to serve this community well in that capacity while being focused on um, a business and a, and a different type of vocation. I really think that those two things can sync together. I'm also very open to the open door and where God is leading us, but I also think this is kind of where God has led us for such a time as this in a season like this. And um, really thankful for everybody in the community here um, and uh, just what you bring. And we'll just kind of, you know, step into uh, kind of where we're headed. Um, so I'm excited. I hope you are too, um, where we're headed. One of the things that we want to do is just take a couple minutes and um, 
I'll have a few closing thoughts in a minute, something to read over us, and we're going to come to the tables. But I thought we could take uh, just a minute and um, pray. Sounds good, right? Um, and I know if, listen, you're here, you're here, you're just kind of checking things out. I know that can maybe be a little uncomfortable, but maybe we just take a minute um, and just collect in maybe a, a few small groups and just have one person in that community uh, where you are. Just take a minute. We're just going to pray um, for the future of Praxis and where we're headed and where God's leading us. And uh, the hope is, is that, um, you know, as we step kind of into the future, that God will lead us. Sound good? Can we do that? And some of our leaders, if you could help kind of engage in that way. Let's take us a couple minutes, one person in that group, uh, and then we'll uh, close our time. Sound good? All right. All right. So, uh, James, just as we come to the table, James is um, Jesus' brother James writes a letter. He says this. James chapter 5, he says, Be pa- patient then, brothers and sisters. Be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, brothers and sisters, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or so you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, as you know, and we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Um, You've heard me talk lots, especially back in the fall, about really the future of the church in our moment should and must be patient. Um, We are in the wake right now in evangelicalism, if you still consider yourself as kind of part of that, I know it's muddy and what that definition actually means, and that's for another day. There's been a lot we've seen and experienced the last number of years in the wake of kind of this post-evangelical moment. And, you know, people's vision or view of what the church should be, their response to certain things within the church. Um, We talked a little bit in hospitality in our series on on hospitality about sometimes the, the, the zealous effort for other people to kind of hear and know Jesus, which is a good thing, but sometimes our methods along the way kind of got in the way, if you know what I'm saying. And yet one of the things you see, not just in the life of the early church within the scripture that we see and read here, whom James is kind of writing to, but also the first couple hundred years of the church was patience. And, um, you know, in some of the disappointment, I think it's actually important um, to to be open and vulnerable about sometimes our disappointment with God at times. Some of us feel that. Sometimes with the church or our dreams and expectations of what it's been, I just wanted to make sure as we kind of talk about some of this transition that um, if you talk to Heather too, she's in kids this morning, we are in a really good space. Um, And it's because we have come to the reality that probably the best way to live in the kingdom of heaven um, here on earth until Jesus comes, waiting patiently for him to return, by the way, this is what James says, is to live patiently. I gotta be honest, um, and I know this is like free for me, but like the first few years of this community, um, our identity was very much tied into how things were going. Uh, 
and what our type of vision of what we thought would happen. And what really needed to happen is that our own type of vision needed to be dismantled for something more beautiful and true to kind of rise to the top. And this is really where we feel like we are. Even the co-vocational kind of feel now in this community says to all of us that we don't just kind of point to one person, and I've never felt a type of pressure like this, but sometimes in church communities, we just kind of point to one person, and it's typically a dude, right, with a mic microphone. Well, okay, we'll talk, right? This is the reality of it. And not that we don't need leaders, but the beautiful moment I think God is calling us into is a type of patience and a type of community together. This church, this community will only be as good as you are. And I don't mean that in some like moralistic, like, hey, we've got to like rah-rah, let's be better. As much as what I mean is every single person playing, joining in into this. And my mind has been blown. You know, many of you know I've been reading Alan Crider a lot, who's a Anabaptist guy, first century historian, and just compelled uh, by his a synopsis and view of what went on early on, like from the time of the Bible and the first couple hundred years of the church, how this little group of people blew up to now, I don't know, billions, billion people around the world following Jesus. But even in the empire, how this little group rose all over, just spread and grew all over the Roman Empire to at one point becoming like the major and leading religion and how we got here. Uh, one of the things that has really stood out to me is Crider talks, and you've heard me even a few weeks ago talk about this, how the early church, these communities, did not compel belief. There wasn't a sense of, like, forcing people into a particular kind of way. There was, there was a patience about it, where these Christians, these people, joined in in life and community together, everybody participating. And was it messy? Just go home this afternoon and read 1 Corinthians. <laughs> just, just read that. I love when people like over, like, like idealize kind of the early church. We just want to be like the early church. And then you're like, you know, like there was like a guy sleeping with his stepmom and stuff. And Paul has to like literally go to the house church and like correct them. You're like, that's in the Bible? It's there, right? Like this is not PG stuff. Sorry for those of you that are younger. Um, <laughs> but there is a sense of calling even in our own story, that this could be something that would be celebrated and embraced, that all of us are in this together. And even in my own kind of evolution, um, just want to continue to remind us, kind of as we move towards this and we'll move to the tables here, is that like we're actually, and if Heather was here, I wish she was, she's uh, in kids this morning, but like we are in on this thing, the church, more than ever. And as I rub shoulders with like a lot of leaders and pastors that would not participate in a church if they were not paid, um, many, we are in on this thing to the point where we would even give up those rights, if that's what it is, to join in on something. We are not here even this morning, as I think about our own context and community, we are here because we love these, love you, love these people, love you as a community and want to be a part of this. It's not going to take a paycheck or a certain notch on the belt for us to be a part of something like this. We love this. And the tension has been we're around a lot of people, and this is not judgment thing. You know I don't use us and them language much, but that have just kind of gone another direction. And, you know, the church has kind of been something to kind of walk away from, in a sense. And yet, 
I've, I view and we see the vision and what lies before us as beautiful and true because it says not only are we going to be patient, but we're going to lean into a type of community where all of us play together. You know, the, the beautiful thing is, and what could come out of this is, you know, one of the questions that was asked in this whole process is, like, how do we continue to care for people? And that's, a, I love that question. You know how we're going to continue to care for people? Me? Yeah, no, that doesn't change. I'm, we're not going anywhere. But look around. This is how we're going to care for people. And this is how we're going to do ministry together, is by the people around you by viewing yourself as part of this family and patiently moving forward with us. And so as James calls this, you know, these, these Christians towards a life of patience, eagerly waiting for Jesus' return, you know, the picture sometimes we get is like that the church would be like fine wine, that you know the process of really good wine is it doesn't just happen overnight, right? It takes time to ferment and really, I love how Crider gives us this vision that there is a picture of the church community being these people that are rooted and devoted to each other and practicing the way of Jesus together where actually they get better over time. And in a moment in a time where you could just dial in somewhere online and there's nothing wrong with that, to, um, you know, a YouTube video or a podcast or whatever, you can't, you know, that this is, we experience this in flesh and blood together. We experience the patience of God. We experience life together, and that is where the ferment happens. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how some of us were kind of fed the line, um, you're going to change the world. You know, for me, this is like the youth convention stuff. We'd go every year, and it was really good times. It was wonderful. You are going to change the world. And I, as I sit in the wake of all of that, I look and I see even on what we're kind of going at here this morning and sharing where we're headed, is that this is our little way of changing the world. It's not the weight of like the world on a couple people's shoulders or like trying to do things really fast, but it's a patient way together. Joining in on God's mission, doing life together. And so you know this is where we've been with the communities on the first of the month. This will be a staple in our community. We will continue to be awkward and turn our chairs in towards each other. I don't even care. A few weeks ago I talked about how one guy on, on social media was kind of like kind of pointing fingers at the whole greet your neighbor part of church. Friends, we will greet our neighbors until Jesus returns. Because it's not just about forward worship. Life together is worship. A guy named Andrew Root has done a great job at writing over the last couple years around the church's moment. And in his newest book, he writes uh, kind of about uh, three fictional churches and leaders and how they're trying to discern how they're going to become a church in a post-Christian type of world. And he tells the story of this one church and he talks about how a pastor comes. It's all fictitious, like fictional in a sense, but trying to get us to see the reality of like what can happen. He talks about how a pastor goes in and is just trying to push his, his or her vision and trying to move the church forward. And he said this. He said, when they stopped thinking about themselves and their need to survive, surprisingly, they found life. When they stop thinking about themselves, their church, as the center of the story or the heroes of the story. And let's be honest, we've done this the last number of years, churches, right? 
how we can present ourselves as kind of the center or the hero of the story. He says, when, when communities stop doing that and they stop thinking about their need to survive, all the business strategies of how we're going to get to the next thing, he said, surprisingly, they found life. And I know this is tied into my own personal journey a little bit, but brothers and sisters, Heather's here too, we have found life. We have found life in the kingdom of God. And I hope you have too. And I hope just as we move forward that you would just see that it will be patiently practicing the way of Jesus that will take us into our future. So with that said, this is where we are. This is where we're headed. I'm really excited. Um, we'll have more to kind of share over the next little while and see how this open door kind of unfolds. I'm really thankful for Sonia and her heart. Um, uh, the team, both Nate and Mark on our board, Heidi, um, Jen, who does our finances, everybody collectively. And we're ready to take these kind of next steps together. So with that said, let's stand up. And the tables are going to be open. And by the way, we'll have more, more for you over the next little while. One of the things that will be embedded kind of in our, our rhythm, we'll have some guest teachers as well throughout the year um, to kind of help with the load. And we are still discerning right now just around music and what we'll be doing with that. But I just thought it was really cool. Um, Sarah picked a list this week. And we kind of ended the gathering with kind of like a more upbeat song. You know, sometimes we like have this worshipful song as we come to the table. And I thought, I feel like it's just appropriate. And so these guys are going to lead us. And the table is open. And why don't you, in this moment, in a second here, I'm going to pray. But as we see the table and we move, may you just be filled with joy in the life of Jesus. May we be um, these patient people that... Um, even as we eat and drink in little kind of symbols, may it be a reminder to us that the juice took time, the grains take time, right? Think about everything that our senses engage here. Patience is what we're called to. And so, Jesus, I just pray right now that as we close our time together, may your kingdom come, your will be done in this church community. And as we eat and drink, may we be filled with your life. Instead of clamoring to survive, God, we want to live in the life that you have for us. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus, knowing you're good. Do your work among us. And as we come to the table, may you, Jesus, just be present among us as we eat and drink in these little ways. And yes, this is something we do every week, but may it be a reminder to us of your work for us. Taking upon yourself everything that's wrong, our sin, our brokenness, our shame. Help us, King Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lead us. The table is open. Let's uh, end our morning this morning by celebrating.